can we reframe it so that, you know, maybe in, in this instance, it's not, it's not about fear, it's about growth. It's not about scarcity, it's about abundance, right? Um, it's not about limiting beliefs, it's about expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, I think a big asset of, of the coaching work is the, is the ability to actively listen and help somebody reframe. But I think we can all do that very, very keenly for ourselves if we're open to just being curious and a little bit non-reactive and patient with the process. everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned into Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Trish Chat. I'm Steph and I'm here with Jess. Hello, hello. And we are here with Lindsay. Say hello. Hey, y'all. Hi. <laughs> Lindsay is joining us today to talk about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And Jess came to me some time ago and said, we should do an episode on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I felt targeted. <laughs> Why? But we're here today. Why? Because <laughs> I struggle with change. I struggle with being uncomfortable. I thought you were going to say, and then she said, we should interview Lindsay, because that's exactly what I said. Yes, yes, that is exactly what she said. But I felt targeted at first. You're like, oh, no. Let me just make it about me for a second. All right, Let bad. me get my shine. Okay, now I'm done. And then she said, we should interview Lindsay. And I was like, that's the perfect person yes. for this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I know Lindsay through Jess, so I'm going to let Jess yeah. talk about how Lindsay came into our lives and we came into Lindsay's life. Yes, it was a beautiful... Beautiful day. day. Yes. Oh man, this was this was way back. Um, so Lindsay and I met at a networking event. Let's call it that. Um, <laughs> I went over there to volunteer and Lindsay was working for this organization. And so um I had made it a point, I just moved here and I had made it a point to, you know, I was interviewing for jobs and I was networking, I was going to different events, and part of that was Obviously, that was very uncomfortable for me because mm-hmm. it just that wasn't my style before. Um, but part of that, you know, that journey was when I went to these events, I would make some time to introduce myself to different people. And that was really anxiety driven for me. Um, but I had made it a point to introduce myself to a couple of people. And I remember seeing Lindsay standing in a corner looking like she wanted the event to end. <laughs> And go home so she could get some rest. And I was like, you know what? Let me go and and pop over and say hello. And, you know, I went over and we started talking about how we were both from New York. And I was like, what are the chances? Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I just felt really like connected to her for some reason. And I was like, wow, this person's awesome. I'd love to continue getting to know them. Fast forward, I think a few weeks later, we worked uh, an, an event in New York together. We got to know each other a little bit more. Turns out we both love basketball. Um, and we just started, <laughs> Lindsay asked me to join a league out in Oakland and I agreed <laughs> Sunday games. And um, yeah, we just started getting to know each other and we've been friends ever since. It's been amazing. Um, I'm super excited to have you here. So thank you so much for for agreeing to do this. Um, did I miss anything? Is that how we met? <laughs> what, what, what you missed is what did Jess say when she walked up to you? 
Wait, what did I say? Sup. Is that what she said? It, it was something like that. <laughs> what? Is that what I did? It had a, it had a East Coast essence oh, about God. it. Yeah, probably. Um, it wouldn't be the worst thing. And just thing for the audience, said. Jess is head to toe New York gear right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. You guys should just own this podcast now since you both love shitting on me. It's not shitting. It's getting you uncomfortable so we okay. can really be an Arthur. Oh, so. yes. Okay. Or yes. Snaps. Or complimenting me. Snaps. Yes. I literally have a Yankee hat on with my Roadrunner shirt. New York Roadrunner shirt. Yes. Um, yeah. Just so need pants that say New York on them. Yeah. I should get those. Um, so yeah, that's how we met. And then I introduced Lindsay to, to you and, and yeah. That's really it. That's how I remember it. And yeah. it was great. Yeah. Because we dropped in so fast. Um, yeah. That evening. And you did. You saved me from a little bit of. <laughs> of, of <laughs> did I read that right? Did yeah, I read the sure. room right? Okay. Sure. It was getting uh-huh. late. And I yeah. Was, it, was, it was a long day. I was tired. But yeah. um, it was also, I don't think, coincidental because the conversation was about, you know, your transition and, mm-hmm. you know, coming over here, having um, left pretty much everything back in New York. Yeah. So, I was it, able to it, it relate got, quickly to that conversation. It I got think. deep. I it remember did. that. It really did. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> so in the corner of this like networking event. Yeah. We were just chewing the shit and it was getting real deep. And Lindsay was sharing very similar story. I'm like getting uncomfortable. So That's amazing. It's great that we're doing this. In the spirit of being uncomfortable, you may hear our dog Baxter whining in the background. There so we're just going to roll with that and be uncomfortable here. <laughs> yes. We're just going to be uncomfortable with the whining in the background. Yeah. Hopefully it's not experiential listening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so before we begin, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we just mentioned, I'm from New York, I'm born and raised, and I had um uh, experienced New York for about five years as a big law attorney um, practicing corporate law. Um, and that was an incredible time um, because it was the height of the financial crisis. So, oh my gosh. yeah, it was, it was wild um, to graduate law school. And, you know, everybody essentially that year was being deferred um, because there was, you know, really a high risk that there just weren't going to be jobs. Um, and so you've just accomplished this, you know, this great feat of law school and taking the bar. Um, yeah. And then you just kind of were asked to sit idle. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, when when the call came through and it was time to start, um, I moved back from D.C. to New York um, and I embarked on on yeah my legal career. And it was incredibly uh, challenging and disillusioning. Um, and I reflect on it now because. Um, What I do remember is just sort of, you know, walking through um, the protesters, um, you know, to get into my my office building and really just head down because I totally um, related much more closely to, you know, to the occupiers than Mm -hmm. the folks in the building and especially the clientele that we were representing. Um, And listen, like my um, my love for the law and my um my motivation to become a lawyer was in pursuit of justice um and and you know i was really feeding the analytical mind um and thinking that this was the logical next thing for me to do after after college and so what i did come to learn though um and sort of seeing the the you know the hallways of my colleagues who were you know three four five years my my senior as associates on their on their slim chance to partnership um 
thinking to myself, is this, is this really what I want? Is this yeah. really what's, you know, what's motivating me um, if I look at my life? Um, and so, you know, that was a no. Um, and it took, it took a few, uh, it took a, a little bit of time to acknowledge that and then live it and make the decision that, you know, in the alternative, I could, I could choose another path. Um, yeah. and so, uh, not so dissimilar to you guys, you know, it was, it was one that compelled me to consider life outside of all I knew in New York. Amazing. Wow. I, I didn't know that part. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. I mean, and you know the the type of the type of work that we were focused on was was totally high level securities issues. You know, questions of of fraud, questions right, mm -hmm. and the things that we now read about. And so, yeah, it was it was a really um, it was a really trying and and uh, uh, eye opening experience. Wow! Oof. And so you came out here and like. What was that like? Like, what were you, what were you looking for when you ended up here? Like, what, what's the story from then till now? Yeah, just right. shed some light on who you are, and we'll kind of get into that more in the questions. But maybe high level, uh, maybe wh where you ended up now or where you are. Yeah, no, it's it's a wild journey. We should we should get into it just in terms of just the perpetual discomfort that I put myself in. Yeah, <laughs> and it goes on and it keeps going, but. Um, fast forward, um, you know, today I am self-employed. I am a life coach focusing on transformational work with my clients. Um, but prior to this, I was you know, uh, totally enveloped in the startup and social enterprise arena, um, continuously looking for organizations where my values aligned with their mission. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, each experience, I, I think one step closer to that truth, but, you know, ultimately, um, what I came to realize uh, more recently is that there was still there was still some incongruencies with the work I was doing and who I was becoming, mm -hmm. and I think we're always becoming. Mm -hmm. um, but as I became more uh, intimately aware of who I was becoming, I realized that for me, um, this ne next step uh, necessarily required me to leave corporate. Um, you know, and so that's that's sort of the journey I'm on now. Wow. So kudos to you because. Um, I think that we live in a society where you're constantly seeking that praise or like that A and, and you get to a point in your life where you have this prestigious career, you work with this really big company, or you just, you, you, you're in a place where when you say it to people, you see their reaction and it's like, oh, wow, you're a lawyer. Oh, wow. You work at this place. And I think that despite being unhappy, I think it becomes so difficult to leave that because of the ego and, and how, how the self-talk that you would give yourself in terms of, if I leave this, I've left the biggest thing that I'll ever have, mm -hmm. or at least those are thoughts that I've had. Yeah. Um, and why I, this is the assumption that I make of, of why people stay in like these very prestigious or very high paying careers that they absolutely despise is because of this is the, this is the most that I'll ever get. If I leave this, I won't ever get anything else, anything like this. So kudos to you for doing that, because I don't think that people realize when someone says, yeah, I had a big career in like law or I had a career like I was a top executive at this big company. And then I left to like go pursue my dreams. I think we tend to laugh at that or not really take it seriously without really taking a step back and, and thinking about the deep like self-awareness and risk and discomfort 
that one has to like be willing to put themselves through in order to make that decision and live with that decision and share that decision with other people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you. And I think, I don't know, I'm biased, but I think even being from New York, there's just an extra layer to it because oh, New yeah. York is all about the grind and hustling and climbing that yeah. corporate ladder and your careers end up defining you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's why it's so hard to walk away. And yeah. I can relate to that in that, like I climbed the corporate ladder within my last role and I was like, people thought I was crazy for leaving. They're like, you're this director, you have this team, you worked your ass off for this and you're going to leave for no job. So I don't know if you had a very similar experience, but like that's, I yeah. think that I did. And I think that this is a very common experience because I think that we are, um, you know, if you wake up to the realization that you're actually not living your truth or that there's something missing, then you finally become aware um, of the, uh, what I call like the reconditioning or the unconditioning of what, you know, you have to do yeah. to sort of unwind yourself from that level of social construct, that mm-hmm. level of programming, mm-hmm. that deep, deep conditioning. Yeah. Um, and so absolutely, like I, the companies now, you know, the law firms were, I think, one of the original models of this, but tech is a perfect example of, yeah. of you know, really, really enticing you um, to work you know, and, and sort of give yourself over to them with these, you know, and I think you said it, Steph, last time we hung out, like these golden handcuffs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the idea that it, you, it makes it really difficult to come up with an explanation why you would want to leave such a cush um, situation. And then I think also the bigger point of this, you know, identity, we attach so much of our identity to what we do. Mm-hmm. And we're taught from a very young age that, you yeah. know, that is essentially what you hang your hat on mm-hmm. if you follow the very linear path to a career yeah. and then in the career to success. And those are all defined by external assumptions. Mm-hmm. Nothing about yep. that unless you, you know, truly have had the opportunity growing up to, to know yourself and know your driving motivators and really know your sort of core values, which, hey, hats off if that's, that's your story, excuse yeah. me. Um, it wasn't mine. And up until recently, I was in a perpetual pursuit of um, of trying to find my purpose until I realized, wait a minute, this is this is a life being lived born out of curiosity rather than having to land on any one thing, approach it with a beginner's mind and an mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, to really dive into the experiences you're having, mm-hmm. you know, and let things unfold from there. And that's been that's been the the second half of the of the journey thus far, um, you know, and and I do refer to that first chapter as sort of semi conscious living. I don't know if you Ooh. can relate. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There's yeah. an awareness, right? Like you're part of it. Life's happening. You're yeah. you're at you know maybe an active participant, but at best a passive one. Yeah. Um, and you go through the rhythms of it, but you don't actually. We don't encourage in our society. Uh, taking a pause, taking a break, taking mm-hmm. a beat, right? How, how do you carve out time for yourself to really reflect on who you are and what you want when there, there isn't any prescribed, you know, time to do that, yeah. right? We don't, we're not, especially in New York, but we're not in a culture of um, uh, you can just be. Just, like when was the last time you were just being? Yeah, like what, is, what does that even mean, you know? Yeah, that's real. Oof. Um, 
So before we get too far, because we're, we're getting there, <laughs> uh, can you tell us about a time that you truly stepped outside of your comfort zone and, and what that felt like? I think you've shared a couple of examples, <laughs> but let's go deep into one. It's really been my life story. Um, and I'm not being dramatic. Um, you know, I could, I could date it back to deciding that everything I knew in New York, I was willing to give up. Um, because I knew on some on some really deeper intuitive level that I that I desired more, except yeah. I didn't know what that more was. So my my solution in that moment was take a huge huge leap of faith, take a big leap, leave what you know is familiar, yeah. step outside of your comfort zone in the in the intuitive knowing that everything else is out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it is just about being curious and exploring. So. That was that was my first big dive into the discomfort, um, which really I've been thinking about this, meditating on it in anticipation of this conversation. But like for me, comfort is built on predictability and control. Yes, I agree. hundred percent. Right. And so we we seek out comfort because we want to have predictability and we really want to have control but the truth is there's so little in our lives that we can control and there's mm-hmm. even less that we can predict um and so it's almost like at what point do we just want to surrender to the inevitability of being uncomfortable and truth be told that's where all the growth is mm-hmm. um and so i learned that then and then it's just been it's it's fed it's like a snowball effect um because it's like once you are exposed to some deeper truths about yourself, about life outside of what you've only ever known, mm-hmm. right? It just, it continues to, to um, perpetuate even more curiosity. If you're, if you're open to that, if you're open and aware and you can on some level tolerate the, the discomfort. So I traveled abroad um, and I put a backpack on and I essentially, um, surrendered to you know where I would go and what was what was going to what was going to then manifest from there um and I did you know I did have a little bit of planning right Mm -hmm. I went through a yoga teacher training program um which was incredibly uh spiritually motivated and awakening um and I then uh, decided on returning to um the states um and I uh, I jumped over a big, a big chapter in my life. And, and the time that I was leaving the law firm, um, packing my bags, giving up my apartment and saying goodbye to people, I was also, um, you know, saying goodbye to a parent who was, um, who was passing. And um, I, I had the opportunity in leaving my job to really ground myself at home for a few months to uh, support my family through that transition, which mm-hmm. talk about uncomfortable. If you've ever, if you've ever had a chance to experience death or dying, mm-hmm. you know, in in such an intimate way, it's incredibly uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. and soul bearing. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was, I think, also what gave me a lot of my courage to, uh, to you know, check my mortality um, and be yeah. able to to make a bigger, you know, bigger life's leap than maybe I could have beforehand. Yeah. I like that you say the 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 term or the word surrendering because I feel like <clears throat> for someone like me I like frameworks and things to be very clear and when uh when someone's like yeah you just got to go with the flow you know you just got to go with the flow let it be I'm like what does that mean to go with the flow what does it mean to let it be and so I think that hearing that word surrender where you're not tied to something turning out a certain way or being a certain way and you're 
literally just sitting in kind of, it's kind of like you're sitting on your hands where you're like, I'm not going to, I have the urge to do the thing that makes me think that I'm going to be able to predict what's going to happen or that's going to make me control how this is going to turn out, which is not the case. Most of the time, I'm just, I'm going to sit on that and I'm going to, I'm going to ride this wave um, and let it be. And I think that's so hard. But I think that 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 one word is the perfect word to describe this for people who may have been trying to do this, but have just been like, what does that even mean to Mm -hmm. just like not have control? Surrender is by no means a passive act, you know, and it's funny because I have a tattoo on my side that I got in in Southeast Asia when I was traveling. That's go with the flow, Mm -hmm. which was also the name of my dad's. boat and he he just loved the sea loved you know loved being on the water and it was it was named after my mom's mother Florence so there's a lot of significance and meaning there but I I put it on my body because I really believe that it it embodied quite literally and figuratively um, how I was existing but what I didn't fully appreciate right because I I always thought that I was somebody who could go with the flow and I think to your point this idea that you could kind of just you know, mellow with, with, Mm -hmm. you know, with the way the wind blew. Right. And like, that is on some level, uh, an ultimate, uh, act of surrender. But I think what I was doing during the semi-conscious time was just being extremely passive, right. Allowing things to happen. And because I didn't know what I truly wanted, who I truly was and and my desire, my desires, I allowed things to just happen to me. And I, uh, I took it with a very adaptive approach that I could, you know, I could adapt to this. I could adapt to that. This will be fine. That'll be fine. But what I've come to realize and why, you know, the tattoo has now taken on even more meaning for me is that it is the art of surrender, um, you know, to be in a flow state, right, is, is, is really to accept that, um, you know, if you're living your truth and if you're um, not attaching to the outcome, then life is going to happen in really extraordinary ways. Um, and as long as you surrender to it, you can, you can actually appreciate it. You can actually be present to experience that flow. I love that. And I, I think, and you let me know if this is wrong, but I also want to caveat that and say that you do have to do some work here. Um, and that it can't just be like, I'm going to lay in my bed and I'm just going to go with the flow. The money will come for the rent. Like that just, that's not the way that it works. But I, you know, I see this as like, you put your intentions out there. um, You, you live your life in a way where you're doing the things that you want to do, but instead of stressing about the outcome of, of the work that you've put in, you surrender to knowing that the work, you're going to get whatever you manifested out of the work that you put in. Totally agree. It, like I said, it's it's such an active, um, active lifestyle as opposed to the alternative, right? You're not just you're not just hiding out, yeah, um, waiting for you know a bag of money to show up. Um, that would be nice. It, it. <laughs> Wait, if we collectively manifest that, right now, I've a million I've been dollars. Saying this to staff, I'm like, you're you're manifesting all this stuff. Like, let's let's get manifest a million dollars. Let's get real specific. Why why stop at a million? Yeah. True, fair. Um, but yeah, it's an active, it's an active, um, lifestyle for sure. And so I think what you're getting at too is, um, the idea is you, you have to be, you have to be an active player and participant in, in manifesting, designing your life. Um, and I think that that's where the magic is. It's, it's the idea that we do like for all the lack of control we have, we have control over our thoughts. We have control over our energy, you know, where we want to put it, where we want to invest 
that, mm-hmm. um, if nothing else, right? And so when we when we touch down to what we what truly motivates us, and 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 I get that that's a big part of the journey, right? That's what I work with, um, you know, a, a tremendous amount with myself, with my clients, and the idea of self discovery as a means to unlock this transformational wisdom of what we truly want and desire. But when you land on it, when you get even close to it, or awareness, a, a taste or smell of it. Um, that's when you can start living your life with integrity. That's where you're aligning your values with your with your intentions, with your desires, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, um, you are you know you're in coherence, and you can put yourself out there in all of these ways that feel right, and surrender to the idea that you don't actually need to know the outcome because every day you're living your truth, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so you're in pursuit of that. And so not because when you when you attach to an outcome you're saying this thing needs to end up looking this way, which when you phrase it like that is an incredibly limiting framework. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of pressure on that. It's a tremendous amount of pressure for a very specific outcome, right? Whereas if you say like, I'm doing the thing I want to do, I'm doing the thing I love, I trust in, you know, um, in myself yeah, um, and then let go of what the outcome ought to be, um, the way that you then are open to all the myriad and like infinite, quite quite literally infinite amount of ways it can show up um, really speaks to the active way that you're living your life. Yeah. That's real. Um, how has your life changed since you made that first step to go outside of your comfort zone? How much time do we have? <laughs> in, every, in every single possible way. And that's for real. Um, I mean, so when I when I decided that that one version of my life needed to change, um, as I mentioned, it it was it snowballed into you know one one change after another after another. Um, because again, with this curious mindset of I don't know exactly what I want, so I will just continue to you know perpetuate this exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realize initially was like, you know, I thought that if I packed my bags and I left, then everything, like much the way I lived my life prior to that, the existence of me would be influenced by the external, right? So I would be impacted by the places I visited and the Mm -hmm. humans I connected with, which is absolutely what happened. But what I took for granted um, and then had to quickly come to learn was so much of that exploration was about me inside, right? Who Mm -hmm. I was, what I wanted, my, my, my true authentic self, which sadly, um, but truly was, was totally, I was totally out of touch with. Um, like for example, you know, my sexuality is a perfect example. Um, I, uh, I was, uh, you know, um, part of a community that was incredibly heteronormative. Um, you know, my, my role models and examples of relationships were, all you know, straight couples um, and families, which is is beautiful. Um, families are families, but what I didn't realize in this, you know, we don't have to go into my my childhood, and you know, that's for oh, a let's that's for a different episode. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with. Nope, that's outside of the comfort zone. <laughs> um, but it, but you know, the the point is that as I stepped further and further away from who I was and what was what I was attaching to as mm-hmm. as defining me, like you talk about, you know, your job title. Yeah. Um, 
it, 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 everything else came to light. And so one of those aspects of me was also very much around my sexual identification. And so I was able to explore that, um, from a place of, again, curiosity and, and surrender. Um, and yeah, and that opened, that opened my life up tremendously, as you can imagine. Um, and I, you know, really today more comfortably identify as a queer woman, but it took, that took a, you know, a path of its own. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, non-linear. And that, that's another thing. When we talk about the linear path, um, that was the semi-conscious existence. As soon as you, as you commit to stepping, you know, outside of your comfort zone in, in the journey of, of self-discovery, you begin to realize how non-linear it is, right? You, you want to try to connect all of the dots to make sense of it. But the truth is that, um, there's no one direct way to get to the truth, um, and to get to sort of the heart of, of who you are or or what you want. And also totally appreciating that it is for, it is forever evolving, right? We are always becoming. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that, that was nonlinear and, and, you know, where I am today is a beautiful reflection of what getting uncomfortable, you know, resulted in. Um, and then, yeah. And then the continuation of that in, um, career, you know, really just trying to, as, as I quote Brene Brown, like really just brave the wilderness. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Brene Brown. I've only we like know. two major thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, you can't be, dork. you can't be uncomfortable and not vulnerable. <laughs> wow. Do you have anything you want to say about that? <laughs> Brene, contact me, please. <laughs> I want to meet you in person. <laughs> You had to bring her up, huh? And bring that bag of multi-million dollars. Yes, yeah. Please. Bring me a bag. <laughs> I'll just take any of your books that I don't have yet, but I think I have them all. I'll just take a coffee chat with you. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying no. <laughs> Brave the Wilderness. It's Yeah, I, I mean, so much of her work is um, is reflective in, in this journey of, of really, you know, leaning into vulnerability and, and, and being courageous and, and, you know, I'll quote all of them, daring greatly and stepping into the arena, right? Like you have to yes. be, you have to be in it. Um, you have to be willing to get in there and fail and explore and experiment um, in order to appreciate, you know, what it is you want or you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everyone else who's spectating, who's not joining you in the, in the arena that, you know, yeah. um, is a critic and, and has, and has uh, an opinion. Um, and so you have to, a part of the discomfort in this journey was also really, again, just learning to let go of the stories, the narratives, the attachments to so much judgment and preconditioning and, um, and constructs that so clearly didn't serve my best interests, right? But mm-hmm. they were definitely uh, designed for a reason. And I don't think that that reason was for us to truly tap into, you know, our pleasure, our happiness, our, you know, our most innate desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So I love a couple of things that you said. So when you talked about um, moving to a new environment and that environment influencing you, but not completely being like the outcome of of what you're going to be. And I I think I I've struggled with that a lot. And I mentioned this in maybe one or two episodes. I for sure mentioned this in the mommy issues episode where I had all this trauma, I still have trauma, um, that is suppressed. And it it gets to a point where 
you can't take it anymore and you just feel so overwhelmed. And so what I would do is say, I need a self-care day. Like I need time away from everyone. So I would isolate and I would watch Netflix, you know, eat ice cream, do all my favorite things. But I would still feel so shitty at the end of the day because I was attached, when I was attached to that outcome of like, I'm going to do all these things and then, and then I'm going to be, you know, calm and at peace. But I wasn't dealing with my own, I wasn't doing the work. And I was, um, I was thinking that if I, if I do all things that signify peacefulness, I'm going to be that, which yes, there is a sense of like fake it till you make it, but not when you haven't dealt with your own shit. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that you said that because, um, I can connect to that a lot in the sense of needing to let that, that those ideas go of like, if I move to the to, you know, the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, I'm going to be so at peace and connected. And it's like, well, maybe, but not really <laughs> if you haven't dealt with your shit. It's, mm -hmm. it's a really good reflection on that comment. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that, honestly, because it is it is true. Um, we we are so good. I'm so good. Um, I should stop speaking for all of us. I'm so good at um, deflecting. Um, and I, you know, definitely... Uh, in New York, especially, you know, would party my my feelings away, right? Mm -hmm. There was there was a work hard, play hard mentality that I bought so hard into, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that was my existence for the better part of my life. I was not to this is a humble brag, maybe, but I was like, you know, both most athletic and life of the party mm -hmm. in my high school. Like those are two kind of contradictory things, right? It was like. Yeah be really disciplined and really focused and also really, yeah. you know, like get after it on both ends. Yeah. Um, and it does not save room for any opportunity to like, you know, truly reflect on what your feelings are and your emotions. I, you know, I wasn't embodied. I disassociated a lot um, from, you know, any sort of trauma or toxicity that I was exposed to in my childhood. And I think that this is tremendously common, right? That we, we learn these coping mechanisms that, teach us to avoid our feelings because we don't want to feel pain. Um, and a big part of this like experiment in getting uncomfortable is sitting is, is very much about sitting with your feelings. Your feelings are incredibly uncomfortable, but if you can start to learn to detach meaning to the stories you're running, because those stories, you know, a lot of them are uh, ascribed meaning from somebody else who, yeah. you know, doesn't know you and doesn't matter. Um, and start to reclaim, it's really about reclaiming your power, right? And understanding that you have control over what your thoughts are and what you attach meaning to. Yeah. Um, so you can sit alone in a room and really get that work done. Or you can tune into Netflix and chill, you know? And, and I don't knock it because there's also a really beautiful way of like visualizing these experiences through TV and yeah. other people's stories. That's incredibly, for me, cathartic and a release. I, I, I process really well. And I think why I am so drawn to the coaching work is I process really well through other people's experiences and mm -hmm. learning through other people. Um, that's, that's me personally, but, um, yeah, as long as you're not hiding from yourself. Yeah. A lot of people out there are, including me. I was doing that for a long time. So was I. Yeah. Um, something else that you said that stuck with me is that we're always becoming and in this idea of like um, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, what that brings up for me is just a disclaimer 
in that when you do this work, like it's not meant to feel good. And I, I'm guilty of that where uh, the first time I went to therapy, I went to a couple of sessions and I was like, this guy just wants me to talk. Like, what, what's this problem? Like, why do you just want me to talk? And I remember sending him an email being like, this is not working out because all I'm doing in your session is talking. Like, you're not saying anything, which is like, that's the point of therapy. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and so this idea that because I went to therapy a couple of times that now I was supposed to completely feel better when like, when you're unpacking a lot of stuff, like you might actually feel worse. Um, but in this idea of constantly becoming, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel like shit all the time, but that just setting that realistic expectation that, and I, I guess it's not being tied to that outcome, which is because I, you know, talked, went to, you know, went to my therapist because I did X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that I'm going to feel like super happier that I'm, you know, I've dealt with all that trauma. But on the other side of that is if we're constantly always becoming, finding um, areas of gratitude and where you can infuse some of that positivity so that it's not always living in a space of, of like deficit in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's real. I love the fact that your move not only changed your perspective or your physical location, it also opened things up from like your sexuality to your career, you know, and you trying different types of things and you, to your point, like not getting stuck to that outcome and just being like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is part of the journey. And I think that that's, that's beautiful. I mean, it, it inspires me to be like, okay, if I think this way, what, what can manifest itself? Yeah. Right. You know, like so much change in your life. You're not the same person that you were when you left New York, I'm sure. No. Um, and I, I can relate a lot to that where when I go back home, I'm like, I don't even recognize who I used to be. Mm -hmm. Just my thought process and the things that I want to talk about and the things that are interesting to me. And I think that's really powerful that you said that because it's, there was a lot of growth for you. And I think for me, it becomes addicting, that type of growth. Um, oh, yeah. And it's why it'll kind of go into the next thing is like, I'm way more intentional about being uncomfortable now mm -hmm. because it, it, I know I've seen kind of the outcomes of that and like how much I've grown and like, to your point, there are some lows in that, but the mm -hmm. highs are really great because it just changes your whole perspective and how you can become this better version of yourself or who you really are, but you've been suppressing for so long. That's yeah. Right. And I think, you know, knowing you as I do and, and being a, a practical person, right? Like you want to see the sort of, uh, yield on returns right yes. and so it show me, me the report me. <laughs> what's the roi yeah, yeah, i'm gonna need i'm gonna need some uh some, some quantitative data to back this decision up um yeah but it is true and i think you you know um theoretically you get it you're like yeah i get it if i if i step out of my comfort zone and i really take a risk then the rewards stand to be potentially high mm -hmm. but it's actually living that experience mm -hmm. where you you've fully uh, understand and embody what that means. And that's where the growth is. And I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so just bear with me here. But like, as kids, right, we, we learn as we grow, like we're physically growing, mm -hmm. right? Like that's and so you you're told like you, you'll, you learn as you grow, all of these experiences are happening as you grow. And then you you adult, right, you stop physically growing. Um, but you're still learning based off of your, um, your 
desire, right, to grow. Like you have to then, you have to then be really intentional mm. about the growth that you want. Otherwise, you, you know, you're kind of just like pat your hands. I'm done. I, I, I like I'm I, done I've growing. I've grown, <laughs> right? Um, and we we know that that's, that's not the case, but it's it it becomes a really active decision, yeah. and we get to make that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I was just playing around with that. That's super interesting. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and so much, so much of what you both said in in, in your last um, reflections are are resonating with me. You know, I think that you are, um, you know, you're inclined to not want to sit with a lot of um, heavy, hard feelings, um, or like you go to therapy and you think like most of our healthcare system, you know, I can take this pill. Yeah, and I can be better. Instant, um, instant, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want, we want that that silver bullet, and we mm-hmm. want to, um, we want to be told again. We want the control and the predictability of knowing that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, therapy for me was very similar in that. Wait a minute, I get to just talk about mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. and you know, and that first exposure for me was coaching when I when I was transitioning from New York through uh traveling and landing in oakland i was working with a life coach and like that was a very novel concept for me then i you know i didn't know six years ago that that was a thing especially you know coming from new york um (laughs) right and so i mean you you know you've heard of executive coaches maybe and and, but the the life coach concept that is not a thing yeah like for sure no and so i was like yes i do you know, like, <laughs> yes, I want to, I want to be able to work with somebody who's going to help me figure yeah. this thing out. Um, and the idea that there was this safe space to show up, however, regularly, she was mm-hmm. from Australia. So we spoke every fortnight. Oh, um, hey. But, but the idea that I could be connecting with this person across the globe and we can be having this really intimate conversation. She's so mirroring back my journey and reflections just, and like, just offering me perspective um, based off of who I was in the world and what I was seeking um, and nothing more, nothing less. So it was, you know, it continues to be coaching and therapy continues to be incredibly healing because you get to create these safe spaces where, you know, these containers where you're being witnessed, where you're, where you're um, on some level being held accountable Mm -hmm. and where you're being guided. And I feel like everybody in the world could benefit from having that on on hand and i know mm-hmm. that that's a privilege but yeah. the idea that you know um we can you know we can seek that out and find that in these coaches and in these ther- in these therapists yeah. um offices is huge um yeah and then just to your to your reflection on um on the the you know the major transformation it's reminds me my coach the very first book she gave me she sent it to me was called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And mm-hmm. I recommend this to anybody who's, you know, listening yeah. on um, sort of uh, actionable steps for, you know, uh, stepping out of your comfort zone. And for him, he's definitely describing the comfort zone as anything that we do. Again, that's, you know, we're good at that yeah. yields a return, mm-hmm. that, you know, that we can do day in and day out comfortably um, as you leap into your zone of genius. And the idea there is that we are all given innate gifts that we are, you know, designed to share with the world. It's just, you know, how do we, how do we step into it? Um, and so through this book, it has become, you know, it's, it's sort of like a timeless book, um, in what he talks about, but the zone of genius being sort of, how do you continue to challenge yourself through uncomfortable, you know, situations and circumstances, to uh to really push the needle to to step more 
um, squarely into your, your, your genius. And we, we all have access to that. We just have to be willing to, to, to look. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to check that out. I haven't read that. Me neither. Um, and I think to your point about like therapy and coaching and like, yes, it is a privilege, but I know a lot of people who are just simply scared to start because not only is it, is uncomfortable, but it's like, it's to your point. It's like, people see that as a weakness being able, they don't, they don't know how to like, actually like when you were talking about, like, I have to talk about myself. Like there's a lot of people that don't even know how to do that because you know, it's either been suppressed or it's been seen as weakness. And it's been this, like, I, I relate it back to like the New York city grind, but it's like, if it's not like benefiting your career and your money and all that stuff, then it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't spend time on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to be tough. You have to have a tough yeah. like exterior. That's how I, I felt the first time I went to therapy. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to sit here and actually dig deep into it. And I was thinking very surface level. I didn't even know the fuck to do in the beginning. Yeah. And then as I went in, I started digging deeper and deeper and it's like, oh shit, there's a lot of stuff here that I, you know, and, and teaching myself a framework and creating my toolkit. Because for me, I mean, I remember going to school, going to college and I used to be that that tough girl. People didn't want to go up to me because I had that face. They're like, oh, this girl's from New York. She doesn't want to be fucked with. Check she- out her New York State ID. <laughs> <laughs> my old one, my old one. Um, and, you know, it's, it's all exterior. It's all a, it's all a front, right? Because we all have feelings. We all have, you know, emotions. But for me, it was it was a personality thing. Like that that was who I was. And there was no digging into that. I, I never shared my feelings. People would ask me how I'm doing. It's like, I'm good. How are you? I'd be very willing to like dive into their stuff and help them be uncomfortable, I guess. But for me, it was like, no, it's not about me. Like, I don't have any feelings. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that point, it's like, yes, um, it's a privilege and, and therapy costs money. And, you know, I hope I, I hope one day we live in a place where, where everyone can get that. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of people out there that are just simply scared and, and I don't blame them. And yeah. I don't think you need the, those aren't those aren't requisites to um, to learning about yourself by any means. Yeah, I mean, I do think that we all have a responsibility to know ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think because at our core, I think that there's love and compassion, and I think when we don't land on that, we are living most of our lives through a lens of fear, mm-hmm. um, and that you know perpetuates a lot of hate, and that perpetuates violence, and 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 a lot a lot of worse things, right? Mm-hmm. Genocides, mm-hmm. Um, discrimination, racism, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it's a lifelong journey. You don't, you don't just know yourself. You continue to learn about yourself, um, given different circumstances, different experiences, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's adversity. Um, yeah. And I, everything you just said totally resonates with me as well. Um, I think also, um, there was, there was something you said that I'm escaping me. And so maybe it'll come back. Yeah. I also think that some people don't go to therapy because they don't, I'm speaking from personal experience as well, because once you know something or once you see something, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And once you unleash that, you can't go back from that. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. It's like, once you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, or at least, you know, that's sort of the, the implied mandate there. Yeah. Um, I do, I do remember what I was thinking, Jess, with respect to personality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like uh, personality is so attached to our ego selves, mm-hmm. right? It's really what we mask as, oh, as sure. how we're showing up in the world mm-hmm. um, versus what our soul is actually, you know, wanting or desiring yeah. or calling to. Um, and so it is, it's, it's often how I check myself, you know, when I'm, when I feel like I'm putting on some kind of personality, mm-hmm. um, I usually have, uh, it's a, it's a quick flag for me to be like, what is, what is your ego doing here? You know, yeah. what are you masking or what is, what is uncomfortable for you? Yep. Um, I can relate to that. Uh-huh. So, so much of my ego, it was that mm-hmm. for sure. Damn. <laughs> well, it's not damn because this is all like, this is all information. This yeah, is what, yeah. These are the stepping stones to to how we evolve and how we mm-hmm. heal and how again how we touch closer to our our core of love yeah. and compassion and who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we touched on this a little bit. Um, but what do you think it takes to live a life where you're more intentional about growth? All those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it uh, like intention you know, is, is definitely born from, um, some level of commitment, right? Like, um, it's hard to be intentional if you don't have a base commitment to the thing that you, you know, you want to do or happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I find intentions are really about the quality of the experience that I, that I want. Right. And so, um, being, being intentional about growth is also really committing to knowing, you know, um, what you want from, you know, from the process of, of going deeper. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like you said, maybe it's once you lay, like peel back that layer, you can't, you can't stop, you can't not know. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's actually having to find intentionality about, well, you know, can I do this, um, while also managing my job? Can I do this while also, you know, managing my family and, and being present to my relationships? Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that to be intentional around growth, is to uh, is to at the end of the day is to really practice mindfulness because the idea that we're always growing and learning like there's not a moment where we don't have an opportunity to learn and grow yeah um, it doesn't mean we always have to be tuned into it yeah and that's exhausting but the idea that when we're when we're practicing mindfulness when we're setting the intention that I'm going to be grounded and fully present to the experience then the the growth can happen organically the growth in the in just the high level of awareness that we can pass through and experience um and then the other thing i would say with intentionality around growth is um there's a lot that comes up as you're as you're growing as you're going through this process right mm-hmm. there's a tremendous amount of um navigating hard feelings and the intention that i have to continue to set and reset is around um can i just be with mm-hmm. these these harder feelings and not attach meaning to them and not let them shoot me down a rabbit hole that brings me back to, you know, 21 years old and, and the life that I was living then mm-hmm. or, you know, five years ago or even, you know, two years ago or a month ago. The yeah. idea being that um, can we can we almost exist in a place of neutrality with our thoughts as we're growing um, and create a home for it in ourselves, right? They're all parts of us, right? These feelings, these emotions instead of um, dismissing them or, or, uh, or telling them to go away, yeah. just allowing them to be and, 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 you know, even with a curious mind, but not attaching to the story that limits your self-worth that, you know, is, has been historically the thing that um, has always told you you're not enough or you're less than or mm-hmm. you're not lovable or your self-worth is, you know, is attached to this. Yeah, that's real. 
super helpful to hear that. I need to process that. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna get your notebook out? I need to get my notebook out. That was deep. Yeah. Um, So I think along those lines, what advice would you give to someone who's at the starting point where they're like, I feel like I'm living the semi-conscious life and I want to get out of it. Where do I start? Yeah. Get curious. Right. Curious. I I was thinking about this the other day. Um, My two biggest motivators are, and I think this this extends to many people, um, is curiosity and, and connection. You know, I, I definitely moving from a survivor mindset to a thriving one, right. I, I live in a perpetual state of curiosity. And I think for somebody who is, um, is sort of semi-conscious, but aware enough to know that they want something more, there's, there's a desire for greater fulfillment, um, Mm -hmm. in, in, in one or many aspects of their lives, um, start to get curious, you know, ask yourself the questions of, you know, is this making me happy? Where is my energy feeling the most charged or the mm-hmm. lowest? You know, when you start to really track um, how you show up for things and where you are mentally, spiritually, and and um, and uh, physically, mm-hmm. I had to pat my body for that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm here physically. Um, then, then you you have a you have all of a sudden you command way more information than you have when you're half a mind doing something again it's the mindfulness right but yeah. half a mind doing something um you kind of you don't you miss the opportunity to get curious so um i would definitely say that's a starting point and then it's and then it's uh it's it's about um matching that curiosity with talking to people with um you know again not attaching to an outcome but but then all of a sudden you're open and aware to other things that might be able to show up and guide you and those those types of messages are all around us you know mm-hmm. when when something comes on your radar right you might not need to hear it like one two three times before your subconscious processes it but then all of a sudden you're seeing that thing more regularly or it becomes more relevant and that's yeah. not a coincidence right that's your that's your that's your intuition and that's your awareness playing a hand in you know giving you some guidance and so don't dismiss that either i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect of all of this, right? Mm-hmm. But I do really feel like we are all, you know, part of the divine being of, of you know, we are guided by something bigger than us. And I think we're all uniquely special. Um, and, and every single one of us belongs here, right? right? And so it's getting to really trust and believe that as you, as you explore, well, if I, if I truly really belong here, what do I want? You know, what do I want to make of all of this? What is, you know, what is, what is some of the purpose in which I can, you know, impart on the world? Um, And that could be as beautiful as creating a family as it is, you know, inventing, you know, inventing the next biggest thing. Um, But it is, it begins very much with the discovery of self. Yeah. That just like brought something up for me that I've been really focusing on um, lately and this sense of like how to make sure that I'm constantly being uncomfortable is, you know, whenever I'm invited to experience something, whether that be a new friend, an event, a new job, a new city, whatever, um, I always ask myself, like, if if I'm being invited to this thing and I say no, I ask myself why. 
why am I saying no? Is it because I don't have time? Is it because I'm scared? Is it because, and a lot of the time it's because I'm scared. Um, a perfect example of this, this happened a few months ago. I got invited, I got asked to, uh, write for, for this blog for Latina Equal Pay Day. And they were like, Hey, this needs to be turned around in like two days. And initially I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if you remember, I came home and I was like, do I have time for this? Or am I just scared to put my thoughts behind something that means so much to me? Yeah. And I sat in that for a little bit. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to say yes to this because it's going to make me uncomfortable. And it did. It made me so uncomfortable. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea what the outcome was going to be. If anything, I, I leaned towards it being a failure. And it ended up being so eye-opening for me in that I grew through not only writing it, but sharing it and talking about it and being asked about it. And like, that was just such a perfect example of like me s sitting in that discomfort and saying, no, I'm not going to say no, I'm going to actually say yes. And so I've been following that kind of framework in that anytime I get asked something, I ask myself, why am I in fact denying that experience? And that why is you getting curious, mm -hmm. right? And it is, it's such a, that's such a beautiful example um, yeah. because often, you know, it's the fear that's driving our decisions. Yeah. Um, and so if you can confront that fear and be truly honest with yourself, am I doing this because of the fear of the deadline or am I doing mm -hmm. this because of the fear of having to get vulnerable on a subject that actually means a lot to me? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it puts that fear at the forefront and like I had to face it and I almost got like competitive with myself and I'm like, no, I'm not going to be scared to do this. Like, however this turns out, like I'm, I'm going to do this because I know that being uncomfortable is important to me and this is part of being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So and that intentionality, something that just comes to mind as you're talking about this, is also a huge leap from, I think, how we were raised, but it's dropping from the head to the heart, you know, mm. and the idea that we're so conditioned to have to, you know, critically think or anal analyze things, yeah. right, to understand the value, um, when really our heart is like, yoo-hoo, like yeah. this, you know, this is something that feels good. This feels safe. This feels real, yeah. you know, and we, we are so um, apt to dismiss that, right? Because yeah. we can rationalize a million and one reasons why that isn't something we want to do or should do. Yeah. Um, but it's, the, you know, and that heart is also just the metaphor for, you know, that connection to something greater and mm -hmm. that intuitive knowing, right? Yeah. Um, that we all have access to. Yeah, for sure. I think that the biggest thing that came out of that for me and just how I try to live my life always is like the authenticity and like that was my authentic self coming out and being authentic is it feels great mm -hmm. like I'm not hiding anything there's no lies behind it it's literally how I am presenting myself is how I feel and there's so much like peace in that I don't know any other way to explain it but there's this sense of peace that I'm like this is me this is it you know, it, because I've had to pretend kind of that other personality of the ego and being hard and all that stuff. It's like, no, this is me. Um, so, yeah, I try to do that moving forward. And um, hopefully everyone else will join <laughs> that journey on their own. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it is a journey. And that is a good example, too, of 
you know, if you're tracking that, right? So now you know, you have like a very clear example of the feeling sense of what that degree of authenticity feels like or is, right? Yeah. So that when you step into other situations or circumstances, you know, and that personality shows up, right? Or there's some incongruency in Mm -hmm. like what you're doing versus how you're feeling, you can track that back to, you know, an alignment that you knew you felt when you did this thing, right? And so- Again, it's it's being curious and, and just paying attention. And this is really to Steph's question about how do you begin this journey, but it's it's that. It's it's really getting to intimately uh, know what motivates and incites and inspires you mm-hmm. um, so that you can find that sort of wholeness and integrity in what you do, which is nothing more than authenticity. Yeah. Realness. Fire. Fire. Fire in your ears. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, so thank you so much for joining us and for spewing all this knowledge. And being on vulnerable. Us. I and mean, just, yeah. shit. And that was a lot. It a was. A lot of vulnerability. And as somebody who appreciates the frameworks and uh, like the things that I can put in my toolkit, like I really appreciate uh, some of the things that you said about not being tied to the outcome, about um, we're always becoming, about, you know, not expecting the uh, the external to sort of you for you to become the external that you put your, you know, the environment that you put yourself in. So I, I really appreciate that, uh, you know, in addition to your vulnerability, like Jess said. Um, so thank you for that. I do want to say this is why the other therapist and I didn't work out. It's not just because I didn't understand therapy. It's also because I needed a therapist that gave me frameworks. And now I know that. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. I think that's knowing yourself. Yes. (laughs) I I would say too that like the biggest thing that I focus on um, as a tool that helps me um, thrive through this process and thrive is is a loaded word, is is the reframe. Um, And I think that there's a way like we can approach things with one mentality, right? Like such as fear, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we reframe it so that, you know, maybe in in this instance, it's not, it's not about fear, it's about growth. It's not about scarcity, it's about abundance, right? Um, it's not about limiting beliefs, it's about expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, I think a big asset of, of the coaching work is the, is the ability to actively listen and help somebody reframe. But I think we can all do that very, very keenly for ourselves if we're open to just being curious and a little bit non-reactive and patient with the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, this has been such a treat. Thank yeah. you both for inviting me to the conversation. Of course. Thanks of course. For Thank us. you for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you've started your your coaching business. Um, where can people find you? Do you have any events I can start attending? <laughs> <laughs> we can sit aimlessly in the corner. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> um, you can you can definitely follow me. Um, I'm, I'm primarily on Instagram um, under the handle... Uh, a underscore growth underscore mindset, um, which it. is apropos to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm trying to create a, a community there um, around this, this idea of reframing the mindset, but also would love feedback and input and the conversation to happen there because I think like that's a space we can all learn and grow together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, I think people are going to love this, this episode. I've learned so much. I know Steph has as well. Um, and again, just, I can't thank you enough for, for being vulnerable. I know that it's been a journey. I know a lot has contributed to that. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have you back, but 
We really appreciate it. I think you wrote too. Thank you. Cool. I guess until next time. Bye. Peace. Later.